But I think attack. Attack game week 37. You only have two more game weeks. Attack both of it. All right. So with that, and I'm in agreement with you, let's start talking about the teams that have a double. It is a double. Uh, so game week 37. Let's start off with the team that I think everyone wants us to talk about. The team that uh, you really just can't see what they will do next. Chelsea, Sam. So Chelsea have a double game. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, this is the thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the FPL Banger Podcast. This is the preview for Double Game Week 37. My name is Siva. I'm joined by Sam. Sam, it's been, it feels like an eternity since we last recorded. And in the meantime, somehow you are already on 100 points before the final game of this game week. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a good game week. Decent, I guess. Not too bad, not too bad. I'm extremely annoyed because you captained Callum Wilson. You went for the double Newcastle attack by selling Trippier a few weeks ago. It's worked out magnificently. Um, I chickened out on the Callum Wilson thing, which lesson learned. You also had a stupid nun. Yeah, very good. Which I have, I still, after this day, I have no idea why you sold S2. There were reasons. You you may have forgotten, Sam, but it was like about two months ago we were on this podcast. We spoke about it and you said you would sell him too. Remember, he had this friendly in Australia. <laughs> I did not, Siva. Don't, don't put words into my mouth. In the edit, I'm going to cut the clip of you saying, yeah, Siva, I'm <laughs> selling a Estupinan. We're going to get Zinchenko for his double and we'll buy back a Estupinan at a later date. And then we never did it. Well, I never did it. And in my defense, I... I've not been hurt by not owning a Stupidon for the last few weeks because Brighton haven't kept that many cleans. And when they've kept cleans, I've had Jason Steele, who's come close to matching him on most occasions. Uh, these things happen, you know. I, 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 I take the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it happens. I mean, who could expect 17 points against Arsenal away, right? Yeah, I mean, the assist I had priced in, the clean sheet, maybe not. The goal, like in, what, 90th, 90 plus 6, right, is when he scores his goal. I, it's, these kind of things. You, you just can't legislate for that. So, fair play to you. You have him. You know, I, I hold no bitterness. But what I think that is very interesting about the Estupinan Hall is I see a lot of posts this week about how you shouldn't attack double gaming 37. It's too uncertain. I just got... Uh, finished reading a very good article by Pras, who's a good friend uh, for Fantasy Football Scout. It's a free article. You can go check it out. And he talks about the case for not attacking this double because it's too many uncertainties and maybe you're just better off saving a transfer for Game Week 38. Uh, how do you feel about that, Sam? I mean, we literally have only two more Game Weeks left. If you don't attack this double, what, what are you going to attack, man? How long are you saving it? Um, I'm going to take a hit this double, probably. I think you have so few game weeks left. You have to attack something. Having two free transfers for 38, I don't know. I've always felt that game week 38 is the most unpredictable game week of the entire season. You know, you may expect big teams to... No one's keeping a clean sheet, first of all, in game week 38. Everyone's scoring. Some relegation. Southampton will suddenly like win 5-0 or some something like that. Or maybe 5-5 for 
No, not five five. It's a bit too far, right? Three three, or something like that. You know, crazy stuff happens on the last game week. You're thinking of Ferguson winning his last game five three, right, at West Brom? Yeah, I remember that very clearly, Siva, because I won our mini league on that last day by captaining Romelu Lukaku, who scored a hat trick in that five three. And some and some alternate last... timeline where Lukaku is an actual striker instead of whatever he is now. Yeah, he was such a good FPL asset before you know the big moves back when he was in West Brom and um, where else? Everton? No, Everton. Yeah, Everton. Yeah, right, right. His loan moves are great. Anyway, we are digressing, Siva. I think attack what you have. You only have two more game weeks. Attack both of it. Yeah, I'm with you. Although uh, game week 37 is going to be unpredictable because it is a double and we are in the home stretch now and a lot of teams may need to rotate just because of fixture congestion, I think 37 is a lot more inviting than sitting around and doing what I did last week, which was waiting for a leak that never came for <laughs> the Newcastle lineup and doing that not for one team, but for 20 teams in game week 38. I have no interest in doing that. It's far too much stress. I suppose if you have that kind of free time and you're willing to take that gamble that you might get some news, go for it. But I don't. And even if you do get early team news for Game Week 38, that's not really a guarantee that these people play the full 90. I mean, you you all remember, right? John Terry being subbed off. What was it? On the 26th minute in his final match for Chelsea? Because that was Standing his... ovation and some stuff like that, right? Standing ovation for a man who effectively got one FPL point that day. <laughs> I mean, imagine if Gundogan gets subbed off on eight minutes in his final game. <laughs> oh, is it his final game? Apparently, well, it might be, right? Yeah, it yeah, may yeah. be. Well, his final game in the league, it may be. He hasn't signed a new contract yet, so it could well be. Yeah. Uh, of course, you Basically, all remember the David Silva success, right? Where everybody bought David Silva for his final game at Man City. Uh, and then he blanked and Kevin De Bruyne scored two goals and assist. <laughs> yep. Crazy stuff happens on the final day. I wouldn't put too much stock on it. Um, I know people say it's unpredictable, but I feel teams like Brighton, United, they're not going to rotate. They're going to really attack. You know, they won the Europe places and things like that. Now, if City wins the league, that's a whole other thing. And I'm pretty sure we will dwell, we'll get into that, Siva. But I think... Attack. Attack in week 37. Alright, so with that, and I'm in agreement with you, let's start talking about the teams that have a double. It is a double, uh, so game week 37. Let's start off with the team that I think everyone wants us to talk about, the team that uh, you really just can't see what they will do next. Chelsea, Sam. So Chelsea have a double game. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. We, 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 jokes, jokes. We move on. Okay, so Mad City, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about the actual teams we want to talk about. Okay, so Man City have a double in thirty-seven, and Can I, we, I see, sorry, Tiro, we can talk about Chelsea because some people, some unfortunate people, actually own Kepa. Yeah, I own him, bench him, and you know, have have. I hope you have a better keeper. Would you not play him in a double if your other keeper does not have a double? I don't think Kepa starts. I think Lampard was never convinced about Kepa and the fact that he was dropped last week is that's you know that's finally Lampard putting in what he always wanted to do so my guess is Kepa doesn't start 
I think Kepa will start because Mandy played terribly. And literally hours after the game, there started um, all the transfer rumors started. Mandy is going to be sold. He's going to be released. Chelsea wants to let him go this summer. Like literally one or two hours after the game. I think... Uh, do they have a third keeper? <laughs> Maybe he starts. They do. Marcus Bettinelli. I don't know why I know this. Uh, they do have a third keeper. But either way, Kepa's playing City and United. They're not keeping clean sheets in either of those games. That's um, true. He might get some safe points, sure. But I think you can do better. Unless your other keeper has a terrible fixture, uh, Kepa would not be my my option to start this week. I think you're at risk of getting just one start or getting none. And either way, I don't see many points. All right, fair enough. Okay, that's Chelsea section done. If you have any other Chelsea players, do not play them. Sell them or bench them. That's basically it, right? Yeah, I mean, if you have any other Chelsea players, I'd question what you're doing with your life, basically. But uh, let, let's move on. Let's talk about the team that Chelsea are playing, and that's Man City. So at the start of the week, I did say, like, I'm, I'm very happy with what Trent and Salah did against Leicester, 13 and 12 points. But whatever happens, I'm probably selling one or two of them so I can start getting some some more Man City players because it's a double and I like double game weeks. And everyone's reply was, ah, you're just, you're just going to get hurt. They're just going to get benched. Smash cut to yesterday. City beat Madrid 4-0, 5-1 on aggregate. And now suddenly everybody's like, oh, maybe I should take a risk and get another City player. So Sam, where are you at on Man City assets? Let's assume everybody has Haaland. Are you getting any more people above, you know, on top of Haaland. So I brought in Foden last week in anticipation of this. And yeah, I think I will gamble on a third Man City attacker. But the caveat is there. They will not, most likely not play both games, right? It's really hard to predict. I personally, my prediction is that he plays a strong team um, against Chelsea. And then a weaker team against Brighton. Another strong team in 38, which will prepare them for the FA Cup final, which for them, you know, um, one week later is the Champions League final. So that's my prediction. I expect rotation against Brighton. But even then, a strong team. Is Mares and Foden necessarily a quote-unquote weaker team compared to his UCL lineup, right? Um, it's really hard to predict. So I think, in my opinion, the safest way to do it if there ever is such thing as a safe way, is to get players who have high chance of being subbed on, number one, and good points per minute played. So even if they get subbed on for 20, 30, you know there's a good chance that they can return. And that's why I brought in Foden last week. I did anticipate some rotation this coming week, and I'm okay with that. If he starts one, plays 20 the other game, I am somewhat confident that he'll be able to return. I'm mostly with you. I think uh, there's a risk no matter who you go for in the City lineup, sure. But I think the upside is there. They have one very good fixture against uh, Chelsea. I-, I think Chelsea is the easy fixture. So, counter to your points, I actually think the rotation might happen with Chelsea. Again, I don't think City is not... They don't do full sale, you know, wholesale rotation of the entire eleven. That's not going to happen. But if I think you look at the lineup against Everton, I think that gives you a lot of clues. Foden, Mares, and Alvarez started behind Haaland. And I would expect something similar against Chelsea, considering as well that Foden, Alvarez, and Mares were all 
rested against Madrid. They all didn't start. Of course, they came on and um, they contributed to the final goal. I, I think it's worth taking the chance just because they should smash one of one, if not both of these teams and you kind of want to be in on it. And the only drawback I can see from this is if you somehow miraculously pick one attacker that Pep chooses to bench in both games. But that just seems very unlikely to me. I think all these guys will get minutes. Yeah, so I yeah. don't feel like you have much to lose. Pep has spoken a lot about rhythm, how he likes his players to have rhythm. So he doesn't like to give them too long a break. But from um, what he's done so far this season, you can kind of see one week is like his optimal playing time, right? So if there's a midweek game, that's where the rotation comes in. I guess what you don't want is a player who plays kind of 90 or 0, right? You want them to kind of have a chance on both games. So a player like De Bruyne seems to be a 90 or 0 kind of player, right? Like Pep's either starts him or really benches him. What you want are players who come on, you know? Foden, Mares, Alvarez even, I would argue. I think he might be a good punt. And we've spoken about this before, right? Like in a normal, a single game week, it might be too risky for you because you don't know. You don't want only 20, 30 minutes that game week. But in a double, there's a good chance they will start one, come on the other, can combine for maybe 100, I don't know, 100 120, 130 minutes. And that's pretty good enough, I think. As good as it gets. So yeah, I'm all for getting these players. I will probably try to squeeze Mares in this week and go with Haaland, Mares, Foden. Hmm, interesting. So I have Mares already, and uh, he's been doing okay for me last two weeks. Uh, the two assists in the first week I brought him in, then a six point seven pointer last week. So he's he's done well. I'm gonna add a third person. I don't have enough midfield slots, the way I'm set up to add Foden. I feel I'm probably going to do Alvarez instead. And Alvarez again, little risky because he's not really playing as a striker. He's kind of playing almost the De Bruyne role if anything, maybe slightly more advanced. But started at Everton, came on and scored. I think you can sort of gamble on him. And I, I'm less worried about what happened. Like you say, 38 is very unpredictable either way. So I feel planning too much for 38 uh, is basically... I don't see much of a point there. It's, it's just going to be... It could be chaos all across the board. So I'm not too worried about 38. And high chance Arsenal don't win against Forest. I don't think that's an unlikely outcome. It's a way for us. They're really good at home. So all the more reason, especially if City have already clinched the title before they kick off, which we won't know by deadline. But if they have, I think guys like Alvarez, Foden, Mares almost guaranteed to start. Yeah, I think either way, right? They guaranteed to start at least one of the two matches, I would say. And that's good enough, right? Yeah. And I also think uh, De Bruyne especially whose minutes have been carefully managed in the league in the last few weeks. I think you can see people who got De Bruyne in after his big haul against Arsenal have been shafted a lot because his minutes have suddenly been managed. And I think Pep is conscious. This is the best chance they will ever get to win the UCL. They have a very favourable final. So all the more reason... Disrespectful like- to Inter... International... Yes, as Michael Richards calls them, <laughs> international. You know, a team led by 37-year-old Edin Dzeko and, I don't know, 33-year-old Hendrik Mkhitaryan. And Matteo Diamian is playing centre-back for them, okay? so Romelu Lukaku, don't forget that. Yes, Romelu Lukaku is not a guaranteed starter for this Inter team. 
But all the more reason, I think guys like De Bruyne will have their minutes managed. Pep is not going to overdo it. Haaland's a different beast. Like, Haaland just seems to play every game anyway. What do yep. you think about Gundogan, though, Sam? Because if you were just looking at points and nothing else, Gundogan has been amazing over these last few weeks. Past two weeks. Past okay, two weeks. <laughs> okay, fine. Past two weeks. But yeah, he's Plus been electric. Before that, right? Yeah. He's been amazing. Four goals and one assist in the past two games. But then he got benched um, the week before that. Then he played in the UCL final. I think Gundo has been really, really good for City. But again, I think he's one of those 90 or 0 kind of players. And I don't really want that for um, in a double game week. I feel though there's a good chance he will... He'll probably start one of it. And then he'll, I think he'll probably start 38. I don't know. I just... I... No, I'm not going to lie. Of course, I was tempted. I think everyone who plays FPL was tempted when we saw his 19-point haul last week. But I'm not going to go there. I feel less risky, weirdly enough, to go for players who are prone to being subbed off early and subbed on. If that makes sense. No, I agree with you. And in fact, uh, Gundo... I think one of the issues with Gundogan also is, again, a lot of minutes in recent weeks, because of the form, he's been that good. And that's why he started as well yesterday. And I guess there's less options in centre mid compared to, you know, the wingers. Exactly, yeah. Less options. And probably one of those guys who's harder to replace, you'd be you'd be a little more keen to protect him. Also, obviously, one of the older guys in the team, if not, I think, the oldest. So, all the more reason, probably somebody... I think Pep's been very careful with guys who's got bad injury track records. You look at John Stones, whose minutes have been very carefully managed. KDB. KDB, yeah. So obviously there are risks with all of these guys. We're not running away from that. But at this business end of the season, with with effectively the best team in the world, uh, hard, hard as it is for me to say that, I think yeah, you, you feel like you should take a punt. Yep. And that's exactly where I'm leaning. What about defenders, Siva? Talk to me about defenders. Hard to get excited about anybody. There's no upside in terms of like attacking returns. They seem to... Their attacking returns seem to be very random. Like, John Stones, when he's got attacking returns, it seems like suddenly he's scoring from outside the box and things like that. Nothing that seems like you can replicate over a regular uh, period of games, unlike when we had Cancelo. So, Akanji scoring yesterday in the Champions League... I suppose, yeah, if you want someone boring and safe who's likely to start most games, an Akanji or Diaz would be safe, but I don't see the big upside in them. Yep. Barely any attacking returns, I think. Not the cheapest. And I genuinely feel we should be pumping money in the attack in these last few games. Yeah, it's all about ceilings, right? So, um, in the last two weeks. So, I think, yeah, I, I would skip the defense. Rankings? Would you? Would you? Oh, goalkeeper. Actually, I mean, (laughs) we've thrown a lot of shade at Edison, but he did finally get that long-awaited clean sheet this week, right? Two bonus. Wow. And two bonus. Historic event. Yes, I had to make sure my laptop wasn't crashing or something. I I think if you have someone like Kepa, sure, I'd actually be okay with Edison. But the issue with Edison is that Ortega has played all the FA Cup games and. It would be kind of harsh if Pep dropped Ortega for the FA Cup final. 
I think Ortega plays Game Week 38, which gives him the rhythm for the FA Cup final. That's what I think is going to happen. Hard to say, because that would mean that Edison's being rested for almost, what, two weeks before the UCL final? But I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Like, that could happen. And again, keeper is a very low upside position. What are you expecting out of Edison? I was going to say six points, but, you know, okay, maybe eight points. It does feel like that's probably not what I'd be doing at this stage of the season. Agreed. Agreed. Let's move on from City. But just to wrap up City, uh, your, I guess, let's let's rank your three, your three favourite picks for this week, Sam. Haaland, Mares, Foden. Okay. And I, I think I, Mares, Foden, kind of on equal standing, I would say. Mares has been, like, I think he assists, was it, four game weeks in a row now? Five assists in the last four game weeks. Just great. Like, really good. Or last four Premier League matches, sorry, not game weeks. Foden, always, um, I, I feel it's more of a goal threat right now than Mares, weirdly enough. Because Mares used to be I don't know, somewhat selfish, right? But <laughs> this season, he kind of changed. Anyway, I, I rank both of them. I think they're both great. And I will probably go in the game with both of them. Yeah. I'd have Mares slightly, high, slightly higher. I might be biased because I have him. But I think the fact that Mares gets pens once Haaland's off the pitch makes him uh, a slightly better option. And also the fact that Pep didn't seem too impressed with Gundogan taking the penalty. Uh <laughs> In the Leeds game. So I think uh, he did mention, you know, our guys are Haaland and uh, Riyadh. So I think Mares gets the next pen, especially if Haaland's off the pitch. And that'd be perfect if you want to chase that haul. Alvarez probably behind Foden, but for people like me, and we'll come to the other midfielders, it's probably easier to get in a forward, which I think nicely segues us into Man United, Sam. So good news is, or bad news, depending on how you want to look at it, Rashford is back. And he's back in training, so let's proceed on the basis that he will be fit for this week. Talk to me about Bruno Fernandes. Because, again, Bruno Fernandes, on all metrics, predicted points, odds, whatever you, he's the best, second-best United attacker this week on paper. But his returns over the last few weeks have been pathetic. I think it's one goal in his last... I want to say nine games and two assists. Yeah. Uh, how Since how essential? Time, basically. It's really sad because he's playing really well, but the team is just not finishing the chances that he made. I think there's a stat going around that he has created the most chances in the past, I don't know how many games, like more than KDB, the most in the entire league. But only two goals that came from that. So teammates are just not putting away the chances he's creating. He's too expensive for me. Um, 9.5. I don't know how anyone can get there unless you sell someone like Salah. And I'm not selling Salah. Even for double game week, Fernandez, I'm not selling Salah. I think his form has been great. Good fixture at home against um, Villa, right? Good fixture at home anyway. Doesn't matter who it is against. Liverpool perform well at home. So I think Fernandez is just too expensive. Um, to justify his points and the shuffling that you have to make in your team to fit him in. This is very troubling, Sam, because all my plans this week were involving getting Bruno in for Salah. So let's okay, let's let's explore this because I don't think I'm the only person with this dilemma. It's quite difficult to avoid to afford Bruno 
unless you do sell Salah for most people, unless you you end up taking a hit. So let's assume, let's sort of break down this Salah to Bruno move. I, I get that Salah's in great form. I get that Liverpool have a lot to play for. But it is one fixture against guaranteed two starts. I mean, we know Bruno plays no matter what happens. He's going to play both games. Would you not take a doubling Bruno? And you always tell me, Sam, Bruno Fernandes in double game week, you know, he just, it just hits different. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I think it's just the, if there was anyone else in the team that I can remove to take in Bruno, I would. But not Salah. I think with the form Salah is in, like he's only blanked, was it, one game week in the past. Oh no, I'm counting really far. His last blank was in game week 33 against West Ham and the blank before that was in 29. So that's four double game week haul, I mean double digit hauls in that time as well. I don't know, Siva. I would not sell Salah even for someone with two fixtures. Especially when, you know, he's playing at home. Come on, home Salah is, is the Salah of old. <laughs> Villa though, I mean, Villa, very good team. I can't imagine that Liverpool dominate that fixture. Oh, I can. <laughs> I think Villa has kind of dropped off a bit the past few weeks. Still a good team. Um, but yeah, if Villa were at home, I would, re- I would consider. But the fact that Liverpool is playing at home seals it for me. Salah and Trent locked in my team. Interesting. I, I, I feel like I get it's risky. I get you going against high ownership, but I would be prepared to gamble. I think I'd always back the doubler, especially in this case, unlike the City players we're talking about, Bruno's absolutely nailed. And he's got really as good as you can ask for in terms of fixtures, right? He's got a game against one relegation-battling mid-table team, and he's also playing Bournemouth. So I feel like you gotta go for him. I I'd find other United players to go for. I think. Okay. Like okay. Let's... To me, I do want to attack United's fixtures, but I don't necessarily feel Fernandez is essential to it. Okay, so if you're not getting Fernandez, who you who do you get? I think there's a case to be made for Anthony, who will start both games as well. I'm pretty pretty sure he will. And has been putting really good underlying numbers of late. Is the return of Rashford not, and also the, I guess, not the form, but the availability of Garnacho also mean that Anthony's minutes, if not his starts, maybe his minutes might be affected? I don't think so. Um, Anthony is clearly Ten Hag's first choice right wing, right? I mean, he paid loads of money for him. He wants to make it work. Even on weeks where. United fans feel Anthony does not deserve a start. He still starts. Rashford plays on the left anyway. Yes, he can play on the right if Garnacho comes in, but I think there's a higher chance of Rashford playing up top instead if Garnacho comes because I wouldn't trust Marshall to be fit enough to start two games, you know. Are you worried about Anthony's uh, returns though? In terms of like actual returns? And, you know, I'm not dismissing underlying stats. They're, his numbers aren't bad. But again, like with Bruno, I think it's one goal in his last 11 and two assists. Yeah, um, you're gambling, right? His returns are pretty much the same as Bruno for a lot cheaper. What about Marshall? Like I said, I, I, I'm not going to lie that I have not been tempted to bring in Marshall. But 
I don't know, with his injury record, can he start two games um, so close to each other? Especially if Rashford was out, I think they would take the risk. With Rashford back, I don't think they will. It's hard to say. Um, and he could get injured anytime. In between the two games, before the first game, during the warm-up of the first game. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm not too keen on Marshall. Plus, we all know that United are looking for a striker, right? So Ten Hag clearly does not see Marshall in his long-term plans. I don't think he would make big changes to try and accommodate Marshall in, I would think. I'm just not confident in him starting both games. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, actually. I think if Rashford was still out, I'd feel a bit more... I'd feel braver, but now Rashford is back. I was quite keen on Marshall at the start of the week, but with Rashford back... My guess is Marshall probably gets one out of two starts, which isn't very good. Ganacho? I would love to, but he's just coming back from injury. Yes, he did come on, played 80 minutes and scored a goal. He is really good, really direct. Um, I think eventually, if he gets more starts, he'll be a great FPL option. I just don't know how many minutes he'll get because it was kind of a long injury that he was out for. Few yeah. months, I think, two months. But you, you yeah. had Garnacho for the last time he scored Sam against Fulham all those weeks back before the World Cup. Yeah, it was like the the last game week before the World Cup or something like that. You're not tempted to go back for old time's sake. <laughs> of course, I'm tempted. Siva, I'm a United fan. I love Garnacho, but no, not at this stage. I think there are other players we can go for. All right, let's talk about defenders because we did have a question here from Vardy Boys about whether you'd bring in Shaw on a hit instead of starting one of your Liverpool defenders. I think in his case, it'd be Trent. Hmm. I don't think anyone else except Trent. Any single game week player except for Trent, uh, I would take the hit for Shaw. Yeah, I think actually that on that point, I might I think I might agree with you because Trent... And I feel we should be slightly vindicated on this because we spoke about it a few weeks ago. Trent... Uh, eventually the returns, the double-digit returns will come because he keeps getting assists. They just need to get one or two cleans. And that's exactly what's happened, right? Yeah. Shaw... And he's literally returned every single week since game week 30, right? Yeah. From 30 until now, every single week he's returned. If it's not a clean sheet, it is an attacking return. In fact, most of it are attacking returns because uh, they've only kept three clean sheets in this past few games. Trent, Sh- Trent has to stay in that team, I think. Although Shaw is now playing left-back again, which is nice to see, now that Varane has made a sort of miraculous recovery. Yeah, I like Shaw. I, I would say you can move something else. Get rid of one of your Newcastle defenders, I think. Get rid of Trippier. I'd rather have Trent and Shaw than Trippier and, I don't know, whoever, uh, Trent. Yeah, might be a budgetary thing, but yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think... Uh, I would not be selling Trent, especially. Also, a little harder to get back in. Like, I'm... I mean, you've you've tried to talk me out of it. I'm still probably going to do this Salah Fernandez hokey-cokey kind of thing and bring back Salah for the final day of the game week. Also, because I don't... I think the clamor for everybody was saying save a transfer so you can get Firmino in game week 38. And I think now people are sort of going off that idea. So I feel like I can still risk it. But with Trent, no. I think you want him all in, all the way to the end. So I'd probably get Shaw a different way. Apart from Shaw, anyone else from United? No, I don't see it. I know a lot of people on Dalo. I like Dalo. 
Um, when he plays, he tends to get good returns, but I don't know. Um, I'm he didn't sure start with Wolves. Not. Yeah, he didn't start against Wolves, which yeah. was a shocker. I think most of us did not expect that. So we'll have to see, but I don't like that kind of uncertainty going into double game week, especially yeah. for a defender. Yeah, on a low upside pick. Yeah. Start, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, low upside defender, I, I wouldn't want to have the uncertainty. And Juan Bissaka has, I think by all accounts, everyone would agree he has forced his way back and probably get some more minutes before the end of the season. Uh, yep. Anything else on United before we move on? Um, no. No. I don't see anything. De Gea, maybe. <laughs> hey, we, we discussed Addison earlier. I think De Gea has at least nailed um, to start. And despite all his flaws and you know the bad things United fans say about him, me included, he still is the Golden Glove winner of um, this season. Kept more clean sheets than any other keeper. And I think he's already won it because no other keeper can match him now. Um, they can only be on level with him because he's two ahead of everyone else or something like that. So yeah. If you're looking for a keeper transfer instead of Addison, I would go to here instead. And to be fair, I would say De Gea's fixtures are better, right? Bournemouth, Chelsea, and Fulham, two of those at home, when you compare them to anyone else's fixtures, including City, and, like you say, zero threat of rotation. Like, I don't think Jack Butlin deserves a farewell game at any time. So, yeah. I like actually don't mind the De Gea punt. If you need a keeper, let's say Kepa is your only fit keeper this week, I don't think De Gea is a bad idea. Yep. Um, that's it for United, I think. Don't not really anyone else to look at. So if you had to rank your top three? Rashford. Price or no price? <laughs> let's say no price. Let's just uh, and you know let people figure out what money they have. Rashford, Shaw, Bruno. So Anthony a close fourth, I guess. Close fourth. Um price into consideration. I would put Anthony and Bruno equal. I can't argue too much. Um, let's talk briefly about Brighton because, you know, I was under the impression that everybody has triple Brighton, but you, Sam, sit here on, a you know, 100 points, 103 points for this game week and you don't have triple Brighton. I, I kind of technically do, but my third one is March because I didn't sell him last week. I just benched him. And March is unlikely, as I understand it, to play... Uh, this week. He's definitely not playing against Newcastle. So let's, again, proceed on the basis that March doesn't start. Brighton Doublers, who are you going for? I really like um, S2, right? you got to keep him if you have him. Mitoma McA. I don't know. What do you think about McA? McAllister. I'm not entirely convinced to make the side move uh, from March to McAllister, actually. Well, I did it last week and have lived to regret it. Uh, obviously, given the S2 haul, I have Steel and Mitoma as my other guys. The The hard thing about McAllister is he doesn't, on the eye, he doesn't seem to do a lot, but then all of his goals do come from fairly close range, especially, also he's got the pens. Like even that goal he scored against Everton. Yes, very fluky, you know, it hits him, basically hits him on his backside and goes in. But he's in that position. He's in the six-yard box to have that ball hit him. So he's he's 
he is doing the right things and he has pens, which is always a big factor in such an attacking team where they can win pens. They play Southampton and that alone is, you, you want to go for an attacker, I feel, that week. And the issue with Brighton is who else do you go for? If you don't go for McAllister, I guess you gamble on Enciso. Yeah, I really like... I mean, okay, in midfield, you have Gross, right? Pascal Gross, who has quietly been returning the whole season, you know? Just an assist here, a goal there, and he's he is the second highest scoring midfielder in the game. I mean, okay, in Brighton's team. So, Gross could be a sneaky option over two game weeks, especially. Did really well the last double game week. Uh, I really like Encisco, though, as you, as you mentioned. However, he is a forward, so there is some shuffling you got to do um, if you, like me, have much and don't know what to do with that. But I like Ancisco. I think, especially with the injuries that Brighton has, because Ancisco seems to be able to play across the whole front four, right? Striker, right wing, left wing, and AM as well. So over two game weeks, I'm pretty sure he, I think there's a good chance that he starts both. Might be in different positions depending on where they want to rotate. And Deserby did say or did hint that they'll have to be careful with the players because they want to avoid more injuries at this stage of the season, right? So I think Antisco is a good bet. Useful player. He comes in anywhere that is needed. So I like Antisco. He is one or maybe will be my transfer. I mentioned earlier that I'm going to bring Mares in. My plan right now is much to Mares and then one of my Newcastle forwards to Ancisco. Yeah, I forgot that Ancisco was a forward. That makes it more complicated. But his minutes look a little more secure than Evan Ferguson, who seems, I don't know, maybe they're just working him back to fitness. I'll need to see what Deserby says. We are talking before the Newcastle game, right? So maybe we'll learn, we will definitely learn more from that. Evan Ferguson's the one I'd really be tempted by because he's actually the striker, but he has got much better competition. And CISO's competing with Buonanote, I guess. And... I guess so, like, Ferguson's a striker. Welbeck can come in. Undaf can come in, although he sometimes plays AM as well. At AM, you have... Um, and Cisco plays there. Undaf can play there. Welbeck has played there, I think. Um, Buonanote plays there sometimes so a lot of competition same with the left wing right wing you got Mitoma but if he wants to bench Mitoma he can play Ancisco there as well um, Ancisco I keep saying Ancisco but <laughs> Ancisco um, same with the right wing right so I feel Ancisco's versatility really helps in a double game week a good chance of him playing all over if not start then at least subbed on you know yeah I don't think I can disagree with that too much. And I I, I suppose the risk over McAllister... McAllister's minutes are the ones I think that are most secure. He seems to start no matter what, but probably might start in that deeper role, which is not great. But he does have pens to make up for it. And I think that's why I went for McAllister to begin with. Pens, free kicks, and I still probably have him ahead of the rest because those are just things that you can't take away from him. But yeah. I, don't, I don't mind the Antiso shout. I have to respect uh, Undaf's goals per minute, though. <laughs> it's crazy. But Ever since yeah. the cup semi-final, I think Undaf heard all the disrespect, right? And has since then, he has suddenly just 
I mean, which is great to see because I don't know. We we did speak about this maybe at the start of the season, but Undav and Mitoma, but more so Undav. I think he was one of the players of the season in Belgium last year, so he came with a much better rep. But he really hasn't shown it until now. So all of this is a long way of saying that I think Evan Ferguson's probably not for me this week, simply because yeah. of those issues. Yep, yep. I rate him. He's a great player, but I don't think he gets both starts yet. So top three from Brighton, I think I will say it's, uh, regrettably, because I don't have him, but I think it's S2 because I see them keeping the clean sheet against Southampton, whatever happens. Home fixture against City, you never know. Attacking returns, S2 can still get those. So I'd probably say S2 Pinan, Mitoma, and I want to say McAllister, but, you know, NC so close behind, perhaps. I Yeah, I think I agree with that. Although Jason Steele, I, I, I've had Jason oh, yeah, Steele, yeah. and he's been great. And what's even better is now we know he plays until the end of the season because Sanchez has decided that he doesn't want to play for Brighton anymore. Yep. So I originally, I had my doubts about Steele because, you know, the thinking in my mind is that one bad performance or maybe two <laughs> because he let in five against Everton. But, you know, a few bad performances and just as easy as we could go back to the main the so-called starting keeper, right? But I think Sanchez has removed that option, so still is as nil as can be. It has been yeah. on my mind to even take a minus four to go Raya to steal this week. Minus four for a keeper, Sam. Hmm. Oh, but two fixtures, Raya away against Spurs, where Kane always scores for some reason, no matter what happens. Yeah, And just two fixtures left, you know? So... Three good fixtures and Raya plays against City in the last game week. So three good fixtures versus two bad fixtures and you get extra money as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't knock that. I did the Raya to Steel move a few weeks ago and I, I've been quite happy with Steel. I can't knock that. Let's... I, we've spoken about all the double game week teams that matter. Shall we... Before I go into captaincy, Sam, is there anybody else you'd be considering this week? You know, I see a lot of people say, what about single game week options this week? So, who are the single game weekers you feel you need to own? I mean, there's the Newcastle boys, right? Playing at home against a lesser team who pretty much everyone feels will get relegated. So, that's always a good option, right? It's tough. I think a lot of people have benching headaches this week. We may have to bench, you know, our Newcastle striker, whoever it may be. It's going to be tough because... You can definitely see attacking returns in that. Other than that, I don't know. Kane, I guess if you have Kane, you would probably still start him. Easy? <laughs> oh yeah, Barry is is really yeah. turned it on, right? And Palace have good fixtures to end the season, Fulham and Forest. You know what's annoying, Siva? I had him in my notes for our pod last week, which we didn't record because we both fell sick, right? And I'm really annoyed because it would have been great <laughs> to come on this week and say, ha, I told you guys, I told you so, is a in a single game week. But yeah, so yeah. Yeah, you should get him, Sam. Why are you waiting? <laughs> I actually, I'm not going to lie. I have considered it. It just feels wrong, just, right? Doing a single wrong. game week transfer. Yeah. In a week where there are double game week players, right? Like so for Eze, you have McAllister... You have Gross, maybe, who plays two games around the same price. It just feels so wrong. 
what about let's unpack that one thing you said about the Newcastle attackers before we move to captaincy, right? So, I think for a lot of us, we're probably going to have to bench one of you know whichever Newcastle attacker you would be it Isaac or Wilson or both. How do you feel about that benching? Considering that the guys you're benching them for, Alvarez, Marshall, and Ciso, like all of them have uncertain minutes. So how do you feel about yeah. that? It's really I don't feel good about it, Siva. But I guess it's all about taking the risk, um, you know, over two games and just going with it. Every chance that Wilson or Isak matches their ho- um, their points or even outscores them, especially if they have limited minutes over the two weeks. But just got to roll the dice, I guess. Don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery. Yeah, exactly. So let's uh, wrap up, Sam, with captaincy. Because captaincy this week, it could be spicy, it could be very boring. A lot of people say that whatever happens, and I think we also mentioned it earlier in this pod, right? City are likely to rotate in one of the games, but Haaland seems to start regardless. So is it just a case of you, Captain Haaland, be boring, or do you be brave this week and go for somebody like a Rashford, United double, he's back, he's fit. Maybe even you go for one of the Brighton guys. I think... Haaland starts regardless when they needed the points. But if they've won the league, there is really no reason at all to risk him in a double game week where the games are so close together. Because as a professional, playing once a week is good enough to maintain the rhythm and the form. It's, you know what I mean? The match fitness. There's no reason to play a midweek game. I think there's a high chance that he gets benched in one of it. Um, so I am worried about captaining Haaland and at the same time I will be very worried if I don't captain Haaland because it's Haaland and I've been burned so many times this year not captaining Haaland it's a tough one Siva so what you're saying is you are finally fearing effective ownership uh, not really I just fear Haaland himself I don't care about his ownership even if his ownership was low I would still fear it because yeah it's just Haaland I fear Haaland that said, I'm probably not going to captain him this week. <laughs> um, look at Estupinan. I don't know, is, is it a stupid move? Uh, just because of a big point haul, recency bias, blah, blah, blah. It just feels good to me. Two home games, one against Southampton already relegated, once against a city who will probably play their B team in that match. It feels nice. I, I might do S2. Yeah, I can't see how that would be a stupid move. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I, I want to knock it, but, you know, Estupinan did haul this week. So, who knows? Two home fixtures. The last time Brighton had a double with two home fixtures, they kept a clean in both, I think. Was it? Yeah, I mean... Oh, no, actually, no. They What am I saying? They they lost 5-1 to Everton, but... I still... <laughs> <laughs> but I... No, I still... That wasn't... Their, their, their double was 34. United and Wolves, in which they did keep... Two clean sheets. There you go, yeah. Then and again. S2 had an assist as well. Yes, he did. Yes, you are right. Yes, S2 did have an assist. Then again, they are playing City. So even City's B team, and we did speak about this, you'd expect them to at least score once. So I'm not on board with the S2 captaincy. I think it's a great option. And no, I will be captaining Haaland. I wish I wasn't this boring. I really wish I had, you know, more yeah, courage. I mean, that's why your rank is a lot higher than mine, Siva. <laughs> Being boring helps in FPL sometimes. Or most of the time, I would say. 
I think maybe. I, I, I don't want to think about it from an ownership perspective. I want to think about it from if Haaland starts both, he smashes it, I think. If he only starts one, like if he, he starts... Yeah, he still saying? smashes it, right? Like, even yesterday against Madrid, and I'm quite happy he blanked because I'm hoping more people will see that and think, okay, maybe I don't need to captain him this week because he should have scored at least two goals. He had so many chances. Uh, it's only because uh, our good friend, follower of the pod, Thibaut Courtois, pulled out a masterclass, right? With all these last gasp saves. And apparently Courtois was injured, so he did that while being injured. But I think Haaland against Chelsea and Frank Lampard is going to cook. If he doesn't do that, he's still going to get something against Brighton. All right. Can we get Koto onto the pot? I saw um, FPL Raptor has storms in his. Got to one-up him, man. Let's get Koto on. Yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, in advance of next season, right? We're going to do like a Belgian-focused FPL pot, I think. And we're going to get we're going to get Koto on and we're going to we're get going to blow come. Raptor out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Watch your back, Raptor. We're coming for you. He'll be pulling his hair out, although he's he's bald, but still, yeah. <laughs> All right. Is that okay, it, I think that, yeah, that's yeah. it. So we will be back for game week thirty eight. We never miss game week thirty eight. Best best week of the season, right? The most unpredictable week. We will be back for that. But in the meantime, get your green arrows, guys. Have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Oh, this is the thing.